Blog Talk Radio. Happy holidays, one week away until the big day. Santa goes down the chimney. Like the Walker and Legends, as always, Mr. Don Henderson, Mr. Roger Hendler, Mr. Roy Cummings, and Frank, you got a tribute, you got a request tonight, too, so fire away. Yeah. 
Uh, Tommy, uh, uh, we want to ask our uh, our listeners to have a good thought and, and maybe a prayer for uh, a member of our staff, uh, Dr. Chris Panarella. Uh, Dr. Panarella uh, was admitted to Riddle Memorial Hospital in Media, Pennsylvania, uh, on Saturday with congestive heart failure. And after he was admitted, they, they uh, of course, tested him and they now have him in ICU. He is uh, COVID-19 positive. So, uh, Chris is a, uh, a man above men. I can't tell you uh, how many people he, in his practice that he served that he never got paid for. Uh, he was a, he was a, you know, he's a boxing aficionado and a member of the Boxing Hall of Fame, um, both the National and Pennsylvania and Delaware. Uh, he's also um, the father of uh, five uh, kids so, uh, uh, and 11 grandchildren. So uh, we hope that uh, Chris is coming along. I know he's listening on the phone here I just talked to him. Um, and we hope that uh, everything goes well and that, that we have him back by next Saturday for uh, for the next uh-huh. Saturday show. Best of luck. As I said to you in our email, Frank, best of luck. And uh, obviously, <laughs> From the minute you sent the email, we're all thinking about him and wishing nothing but the best. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. You know, Frank, after you sent that, uh, I went online, and I'll tell you, he's got quite a resume, just like you said. You know, uh, quite, a, quite a guy. I mean, uh, yeah. and, and I'm praying for him, I'll tell you. Yeah. Same here. Chris, Chris is never uh, – Chris is a guy who he, – he would remind you of Will Rogers a lot. He never met a person he didn't like until he screwed him. Uh-huh. But you know, he's been, we've been friends for uh, over 60 years. We used to, when I lived up there, we used to play golf together. And um, he, uh, he's he been a family friend of ours uh, for, like I said, about 60 years. And uh, Well, we wish him nothing but the very, very best. And everybody's got their, their you know, everybody's got their thoughts going in his direction. Yep. yep. Yes, by all means. Yes. Well, well we turn the page now. We get to the world of sports, and uh, Roy, I understand you're standing by as always at uh, three or four minutes after seven thirty. So uh, uh, we talked about last week uh, with the Buccaneers uh, up against it that they had to win, and they did a pretty good job of doing that. Uh, an observation on that game and what's going to happen because they're going to be taking on our boys, the Falcons. They're good for Rogers team. <laughs> yeah, uh yeah, you're right. Uh, you know what? Uh kudos to the Bucks. Uh they they won a game that uh they were a little bit under pressure to win and uh came through in a difficult situation. Um really though more of the same in terms of, you know, how both sides of the ball uh, responded. Uh, I thought the defense again uh, very forgiving, uh, giving up a lot of yards obviously and um and enough points uh, to, to, you know, for it to be problematic of the offense uh, struggling at times, but putting up what it needs to, to get the job done. Um, but the thing that concerned me, guys, is if, you know, if you, and again, you can't do this, but if you, if you put the, the, the 10 points back on the board that, uh, that the kicker uh, uh, failed to produce um, in certainly makeable situations, especially for that kicker, it's a totally different football game. And maybe it doesn't turn out the way, the Bucks hope it does. You know, at the end of the day, nobody asks you to explain how you did it. Uh, you know, did you do it? And they did it. Uh, they won. Um, but I still think there's some issues there. And uh, the way the Falcons have been playing of late, 
they could be exposed yet again. I mean, the Falcons, uh, they may get Julio Jones back, I think, this week. Uh, Roger, maybe you can fill us in on that a little bit. But, um, you know, it's looking like he could play. Uh, the offense has come around. The defense is starting to play better in Atlanta. Atlanta's just played better, uh, you know, since Raheem Morris took over. They're, they're not a juggernaut by any stretch. But I think they're good enough to give Tampa some fits. So we'll see how it goes. Again, Tampa uh, still a team that uh, they, they can't quite seem to find a rhythm uh, offensively and certainly can't seem to stop anybody defensively when they really absolutely have to do it. They, they get their stops here and there, but uh, they're giving up a lot of yards and uh, enough points to, uh, to put pressure on the offense, which you don't want. Roger? You know, Roy, yeah, the, uh, the Falcons should have won that game against the Chargers, uh, but Matt Ryan had three interceptions. And uh, but a good point that you just made is, you know, about the kicking, the kickers, I should say. It's amazing. There's around the league. There's a number of them that are having a lot of trouble. Jake Elliott in Philly, Dan Bailey. uh, I saw him miss extra points. Uh, It's just amazing uh, how how many uh, are the trouble that kickers are having this year. uh, Seems like it's uh, it's all over throughout the league. That's a great point, Roger. Um, you know, just last week alone, uh, if you happen to be, you know, watching uh, maybe the Red Zone uh, channel for, uh, you know, for any for any stretch of time during, uh, you know, throughout Sunday, you were seeing kickers all over the league missing. You know, the Bucks had a had a miss themselves uh, last yeah. week, and uh, you know, not that that's unusual for Tampa Bay. I mean, Tampa Bay's been there more than anybody, <laughs> but you're right. Hmm. A lot of kickers missing, and I don't know, you know, I don't know that there would be any reason why that would you know, suddenly happen. It just, maybe it was just one of those weird uh, quirks of nature where, where it did happen this week where a lot of kickers uh, seem to miss out, but, uh, or miss, you know, lose their, lose their uh, range. But uh, for whatever reason, it, it did happen. And uh, yeah, it's, um, it's kind of strange, you know, and the Bucks right now, guys, uh, something interesting happening here in Tampa, uh, basically their entire kicking battery, uh, all except for the holder, uh, has COVID-19. Um, and wow. now they're the NFL, the way they, the way they, uh, kind of, you know, kind of curve the rules in favor of themselves. Uh, these guys will, my guess is they'll end up playing. Uh, they, they they're not, uh, they're, they're not allowed to practice this week, but the long snapper, uh, the kicker and the punter for the Tampa Bay all have COVID-19. Um, mm. and uh, they are in the protocol, and my guess is that they'll somehow ma- miraculously, magically, um, miraculously uh, be uh, released from that protocol come Sunday morning, uh, just in time <laughs> to play the Falcons. Um, whether they got COVID-19 or not, uh, whether they're infectious or not, who knows, um, but uh, it seems to work that way with the NFL, which uh, has, has made a, a living this year off the uh, – positive uh theory which uh, doesn't really exist i mean you're either positive or you're not but right. um my guess is they'll be there but if not uh and, and or maybe without a week of practice or maybe they can all practice together as it is they just need somebody to snap the ball to them uh you know maybe they can get it get the practice done anyway since they all got it but that could be another issue for tampa as it heads out to atlanta and what clearly is an important game for the buccaneers no doubt I think the Lakers. Well, I thought I don't know whether you fellas had a chance to see the pregame show on Sunday night. I I thought it was, and I, I agree with you, Roger. I think this is a real trap game for the Buccaneers. I think uh, I think they're going to have a very very tough time going down there to Atlanta and winning this game. But more importantly, as I said, I don't know whether you two fellas, three fellas, had a chance to see the pregame show. 
Uh, I thought Tony Dungy did a terrific, terrific job analyzing it. Tom and what was wrong with the offense. And uh, he said, until they get on the same page, he said, the head coach and Brady are not on the same page. He said, you know, Brady wants to go drop two steps and throw the crossing patterns. And the head coach wants to go deep. And he said, until they finally decide they're going to play the game the way Brady plays it, he's not going to be successful against uh, real competition. Now, what do you guys think? Well, first of all, Don, I just wanted to say two things. Number one, um, what I was, uh, you know, going to uh, uh, follow up. I heard that uh, the league today changed the rule. So, like Roy, uh, you can now activate the player thirty minutes before the game time. Okay, that's what I heard this afternoon. Yeah. So well, that's all know, a joke. That stuff. Is, yeah, for all of our listeners that have Directv or ATT TV they were unable to watch the game Sunday night because they don't get NBC. Okay. Uh, that's, that's the problem. And it's still that way. As of last night, I went, I went from AT&T to uh, uh, Xfinity to Comcast yesterday. So I get it. But if you're uh, okay. one of the AT&T uh, 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 providers, you don't get NBC until they come up with a new contract which is absolutely ridiculous. So, but uh, I just, I, I think that, uh, I think Tampa Bay is going to come in and I think they're going to beat the Falcons. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think they'll beat the Falcons. What do you think too, about but, Tony uh, Dungy, though? I, I think Tony, I mean, I was really surprised. Well, I, I, I couldn't see him, Don, because if you have AT&T TV or Direct TV, you don't get NBC. Uh, that's right. Yeah, that was Sunday night. Yeah, you're right. You, you didn't have a chance to see it, but I'm, I'm sure Roy did and Tommy did. I mean, I, I was very surprised when he came out as forcefully as he did about what, what he thought was going on with the Buccaneers' offense. Well, What's let me tell you something. Exactly Tony Dungy is very yes. passionate about about Tampa Bay. At uh, I think he sure. still feels that's that's his team, and uh, I, I think he realizes there's an opportunity here for this team to to go a long way. Uh, because look at how well they're playing when, when the quarterback and the coach are not on the same page. You know, at the end of the day, I think what, you know, Tom Brady, and I don't he hasn't done this yet, obviously. But I think when, you know, when push comes to shove and you get into crunch time, I think Tom Brady's going to say, look, you brought me here to win a Super Bowl. Um, that's why I'm here. That's why Gronkowski here is here. Uh, let me go win it. And the way I'm going to win it is, you know, throwing the football my way. I, I can't keep right. Throw, I, I'll, I love to throw deep, but I'm also getting hit more than I ever have. Um, you know, the, the, the receivers, uh, we can't seem to, you know, get on the right page in terms of, you know, the option routes. So you, you just, I, I think it, if it comes down to it, you get into crunch time, who knows? If they could get into crunch time against Atlanta, I, I, uh, I agree with Roger. I, I think Tampa Bay wins this game and probably handily, but um, yeah. if it comes into, it gets into crunch time, I think t- at some point Tom Brady's going to say, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna play this game the way I, I play it best, and we're gonna go to the plays that I know best. He's got that option uh, at the line of scrimmage. Uh, Bruce Arians has talked about it a few times uh, that uh, basically it, you know Brady can run the show whenever he wants, um, and, and I think that you know they've been trying to compromise and, and appease each other, but I think when push comes to shove, you're gonna see Tom Brady do what Tom Brady does best. Roger. Yeah, you know, uh, Roy, I'll tell you, it was funny. I had a conversation this afternoon uh, with my uh, old barber when I had hair, 
and uh, Don's met him. I worked at Tron, Bill, Bill Stanley worked at Tron Soletti's, Don, and uh, passionate right. football fan. And he made that point. He said uh, he doesn't understand why Bruce doesn't allow Tom to go the short passing route where he had so much success uh, with New England. And I just think, like you're saying, I think that's what he's going to do this weekend is take it on himself and put the team on his back and go with the short passing game. But here's here's an avid football fan that uh, asked that question today, ironically. Well, maybe you yeah, saw you know what, on what's Sunday. What's happened, guys, is, is that we've had this clash of philosophies, which is what everybody thought there would be or wondered about and how they would uh, resolve that issue. Um, you know, should there be this clash of philosophies between, uh, you know, the, 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 the real risk taker and, and the guy who basically wants to run a, a West Coast scheme. So they're having this clash, and, again, they've, they've survived it to this point so far. I don't think it's crippled them, really. Uh, it's obvious that Tom Brady is far more comfortable running his offense, playing his scheme, than he is running Bruce Arians' scheme. But, uh, you know, at some point I think they, they do all have to get on the same page or it's going to cost them a game. And that game could, you know, really put them in, in a difficult spot come playoff time. It could cost them a playoff berth uh, the way things are going. It, it certainly could cost them, you know, an advancement opportunity to advance in the playoffs. So we'll see where it goes. But, um, yeah, this clash of philosophies is, uh, is coming to the forefront here, and it's, and it's got the potential to – derail this football team. Roger, you didn't answer the question about Julio. Is Julio going to play or no? Uh, well, as of now, yes, but but you don't know. Uh, things can change uh, by Friday, you know, when they come out with uh, – but now that they have the 30-minute rule before game time, from what I heard on NFL uh, radio today, uh, I would say he'd be playing because they, they don't have to uh, list them until the last minute. Now no. – You know, the the injury list starts today, okay? Wednesday's when they start. Uh, I'll try to see whether they put one out yet or not, okay? And then I can okay. let you know for sure. All right. Uh, so one other he's looking that up, uh, Roy. Did you see Did you see Monday night? I think that, that had to be the best I'm talking about in terms of sitting in the stands and watching or watching them on television, not necessarily the execution. That had to be one of one of the most interesting games to watch. I never make it till one o'clock in the morning, twelve o'clock at night. But you couldn't, you couldn't get away from that game. Yeah, I stayed up late and watched this one. You're right. It was, you know, what I thought as I watched that game uh, unfold, especially in the fourth quarter, as it, uh, it began to look like a like a lot like a college game. Um, you know, with just scores going back and forth and happening quickly. You know, five, six play drives, that kind of thing. You know, it came, to, it came to the realization that this is, uh, you know, this is what the NFL wants in, in some ways. Um, they, I mean, you look at the way they've structured the rules and things like that and uh, obviously going more towards, gearing more towards uh, offense and, and trying to help the offense, protecting your quarterback, protecting receivers. Uh, you can barely touch anybody now. You certainly can't uh, hit them out in the open field uh, if they're unprotected, that kind of thing. Um and I think at the end of the day, I think the NFL loves the idea of having 43, 42 games that uh, end with some kind of a wacky uh, safety in teams, you know, playing rugby at the end. So uh, I think it was exactly what the NFL is kind of wishing it, its ideal would be for right now. I know there's certainly a, 
um, uh, a, a group of people out there that want to see good, solid defensive football too. But the NFL doesn't mind the fact that uh, it has uh, 43, 39 games and 38, uh, 35 games. They they like that idea. They like scoring, and they got a lot of it in this one. And uh, it was a lot of fun to watch, actually. And uh, you know what? Uh, good for the league because, uh, yeah, it was a game to talk about for sure. The old AFL. But Don, to answer your question, Julio did not participate in practice today. Okay. Okay. So we'll have a better idea Friday. But uh, like I said, the the uh, the way it is now, thirty minutes before the kickoff. One one other thing I'd like you to touch on, uh, and again, I, you probably just see Monday night's game weather because it, maybe your uh, Directv blocked you out still on Monday night. But no, that's I on ESPN. That, Oh, I thought yeah, that's right. I thought after the game, uh, that both coaches were interviewed. I thought it was uh, really great to, to listen to both coaches as to what they thought about the game. But more importantly, uh, they asked uh, about how Baltimore had been able to non-practice. They weren't even together as a team. And the right. players basically said the same thing for 10 days, 13 days. They were, And he keeps bringing the team out, and they wind up winning a game. I mean, it's incredible what he's done. Well, the, I'll tell you, the uh, Royal will agree with this. It, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, and uh, I think, the you know, the CBA, there's now a lot of discussion about it or where there's some negotiation, even though they've got a CBA. And uh, uh, But the, you're exactly right. And the, like Pat Kerwin was saying today and a lot of others about what a great coach John Harbaugh is. I mean, uh, to be able to and, – and it's the organization – Let's face it, that organization, Ozzie Newsom, general manager, they have been consistently winners over many years. Good organization. Right, right. Yeah, they have. And, right. you know, one of the things, you, you are at a point, I mean, it's, it's really remarkable that they were able to do that, put that kind of a show on, win the game uh, without practice. Uh, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of players uh, pointing to that saying, we don't need to practice, see, a little bit right. happen. <laughs> Uh, you know, you are at a point, but, you know, the good news is uh, you are at a point in the season where coaches are kind of letting up on practice anyway. Veterans are getting, uh, you know, veteran days off uh, just because, you know, to keep the bodies uh, refreshed and that kind of thing. Right. So, uh, you, you, are, you are at a point, especially in a, as a team like this, that no new schemes here, uh, not a lot of new players anyway. Uh, everybody kind of knows what you're doing, but you do go out there and wing it against a, a decent mm-hmm. opponent. I mean, no slouch at all in, in the Browns, and you win like at that level. It's it's kind of interesting. I mean, uh, like I said, I think a lot of players uh, uh, or the players union will look at that and say, "Hey, we can we, you can stop you can you know force uh, you know mandatory days off during the course of the week after you know week fourteen or something like that." Uh, they could start asking for that kind of thing because, or maybe it was just a, a flash in the pan type situation. But no, I, I think it had more to do with the fact that. This is a team that has got a lot of talent. Um, they went out there and, and just kind of winged it, and uh, they're good enough to do that. And uh, the fact that they know well, the system J- extremely well and know their opponent as well. Also, too, uh, that helps. Also, you got you got Jackson to come out of the locker room with no time <laughs> and take him yeah. down the field to win the game. I mean, you get, uh, you know, I, I'll tell you, I'm not a great scrambling type of quarterback uh, person myself. I mean, you got to be able to move, but I, what he did was incredible on Monday night. The other thing is, they got to play another short week this week. I mean, they don't even get a full week off this week. 
Well, you know, guys, it's that's that's life in the COVID nineteen era. If we and we'll probably end up calling it this because it looks like, you know, most leagues are going to go through a second season of uh, altered schedules and uh, you know and, and compromises, and you know it is what it is. Uh, you know, we saw it in baseball where teams were shut down for you know, 10 days, 14 days, and, and had to play a bunch of double headers. Uh, you know, the NBA's had to make – everybody's had to make adjustments. And uh, one of the adjustments some teams have to make is you can't practice. Uh, you know, you got to have, uh, you know, shortened weeks, that kind of thing. It is what it is. It's time for the pros to step up and be pros, and uh, nobody's going to, you know, nobody's going to give you any extra points because, uh, you know, you had a short week or – you know, you, you lost uh, five guys due to the virus. Uh, it, it's it's professional football, professional sports, and your job as a pro is to go out there and uh, play your best and uh, put your team in the you know in a position to win. And you know what, we're seeing pros come to the forefront and, and be pros, and it's, uh, it's helped a lot of teams. And and you know, Baltimore is is right at the top of the list. They've done a great job keeping it together. Hey, Roger, on that note, on that note, I Tommy, I look through. Please. And I looked through Facebook today, right? <laughs> and this Baltimore TV station took a picture of this guy um, doing something to Art Modell's grave number one. <laughs> I should have said it. It was the funniest thing I ever read. But, you know, that came to Browns versus New Browns versus Old Browns. That's still special for me. Because the Old Browns, Vazzy Newsom, Brian Sipe, Bernie Kozar are, are still are still right in my, my memory right there. And I, and I still... I still love those guys to death up there, but you know, in getting back to the Bucks, I mean, this is a crucial game for them to win. The kicking's got to get get better. Once the secondary still still is toast, they got to get better for the toast up there. And Brady's why don't Brady just do his own thing out there? Bruce Arias has not won Super Bowls. Tom Brady has. Listen to the man who has won championships. Don't think yourself. Don't don't do dumb plays. You you sent in for Brady. Let Tom Brady do his own damn football. That's all I said. You know, Tom, it's, I agree with you 100, percent Tommy. Uh, I think you really do at this point. Uh, you're in crunch time now. You you've got to win these games coming up, and they're all winnable games. You're not facing anybody that you shouldn't be able to beat, and uh, or that's you know truly better than you. Um, but you know what? And who who knows? I mean. You know, maybe it's like Rocky Two or something, where he keeps saying "Don't switch, don't switch," and uh, all of a sudden he, you know, he, he, he turns. Maybe they're sandbagging. You know, maybe, maybe they're playing a deep game and everybody's preparing for the deep ball. And I mean, you're throwing to Rob Gronkowski on deep balls. Well, I mean, it's crazy. And maybe what's going to happen here at some point? Maybe they're saving it for the playoffs. Maybe it's going to be this week. I don't know. But maybe all of a sudden they're just going to go right back, do exactly what Tommy's suggesting, and go right to the Tom Brady offense that nobody's prepared for because they haven't seen it all year long and are prepared for these, these deep balls. And, um, and they're going to put, you know, have some kind of a guy, you know, whether it's Antonio Brown or Mike Evans, just suck it up for a week and say, look, you're, you're, you're going to be the run the dummy route. That's going to draw the safeties deep and everything else. And we're just going to keep throwing underneath um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and see how it works. You never know. I mean, Bruce Arians, I, I, I wouldn't put that past him. Uh, and, and he said it this week, you know, we basically, we can do what we want to do on offense. So mm. obviously they're loaded with confidence. We know they're loaded with talent. They could do just about anything they want and, uh, and keep it going. So we'll see. 
Hey, Roy. Charlie <laughs> McCoy was on, was on last night uh, on Sirius NFL Radio. And I'll tell you, he was tremendous. And uh, he talked about Gronkowski. They're buddies. And uh, he said, man, I'll tell you, he said he is something else in the locker room. And, and uh, you know, he, I mean, he just uh, you know, kids around and keeps everybody loose. But I think that uh, it wouldn't surprise me if our uh, old friend Shady McCoy has a big game on Sunday. Ooh. Yeah, they came back to him a little bit last week, threw the ball to him a couple times, actually ran him, and he had a nice run uh, last week. Look, th- you're getting up to the point in the season where you've got to start leaning a little bit more on your depth. Uh, you know, I don't think Ronald Jones is all that beat up or tired. Um, obviously, he continues to run extremely well. Uh, but you know what? Uh, I think, you know, Leonard Fournette didn't even dress last week. Um, Shady McCoy, he's a guy who's fresh, fresh legs in December, guys. I think, mm-hmm. you know, for, for a fact, that's a weapon. And if the guy can yep. still play, and I think he showed us last week on the, on the few touches he had, that he can still be an impact player. So, yeah, I'm with you, Roger. That's that's another thing where, again, the Bucks for all, you know, they have these sort of secret weapons that everybody sort of knows they're there, but they just kind of, you know, put them in their back pocket and haven't used them. And all of a sudden, if they just bring them out, uh, this team could put up 50 and, uh, and whoever their opponent is, whether it's the Falcons or whoever it might be next, they're, they're going to be spinning their heads and wondering, where did this come from? Right. Well, so well even the, a, even the Eagles proved they could win a game, which was so hard to believe, but they finally won it. Finally won a game and first pretty, pretty with a, very very impressive with beginning. With a new very impressive beginning. Very impressive beginning. You're right, indeed. I mean, he uh, he he played at a high level, and uh, you expect him to only get better. We'll see how uh, he adjusts. His defense adjusts to him, but uh, you know what? Uh, hey, it, it just once again though, it really makes you wonder. Okay, so what's the plan going forward here? Because uh, you know you still got this ridiculous contract that you just you can't necessarily just get rid of. But you know what? Sometimes yeah. Look, overall, sometimes teams look at the position. I'll leave you guys with this. You look at the position and say, okay, we're we're spending this much money on quarterbacks. The starter, it does, it maybe doesn't matter that the starter is making you know ten times more than the than the rookie uh, or the, the I'm sorry the backup is making ten times more than the rookie. Uh, who's starting Um, because if the rookie goes down or suddenly becomes ineffective uh, you can always go back to the other guy so you think about it from the standpoint of how much money are you paying the position Uh, that's in keeping with the you know with the norm in the NFL so it's not like they're uh, you know they're they're paying like you know 80 million dollars quarterbacks here Uh, they're they're in the range so it could still work out uh, even with uh, Jalen Hurts, the quarterback, and I think you're going to continue to see him because there's no well, reason well, not to play. Roy, we're, we're all set. We got you. You let us right into Vince Papali, who's going to come on here in just a couple of seconds, and uh, he'll talk about the ups and downs when the Eagles were great, when the Eagles weren't great. So, and what's happening <laughs> right now? So, once again, thank you for the great first half hour, Roy. We'll get together next week. Roy, all have right, a great take week. care, guys. Have a great week. Take care. Thank you, Vince Papali. Always a pleasure to have you join us and. I'll tell you, as I said, you've seen it up and down. Give us your impression before we uh, move into a Pacific question. 
<laughs> I don't I don't know, Dan. I mean Don, how you doing, buddy? I mean you sound great. The voice the voice of Philly right here. I can't believe it. This is this <laughs> That's is really a honor, Hall of man. Famer, Don Henderson. You got I'm it. telling you. <laughs> You know, the, this got a little on it, Vince. <laughs> well, I'm catch, I, I think I'm catching up to you. You know, I was born in '46, so you know I'm I'm about ready to hit three quarters of a century in a couple of weeks. So this is a killer. But anyway, you know the ups and downs. It's been it, it's been a very uh, interesting season. Obviously, the with, with all the uh, I guess the excitement about what the season was going to unfold and uh, how it was going to go about, and then. Certainly didn't happen, and, and now you know there's all as, as you know, as only in Philly, um, you, you can win a Super Bowl two years ago, and now you're the worst coach in the NFL. And uh, you know there, there's all kinds of finger pointing at him and at, at, at the at the administration, the front office, and uh, and of course at the, the quarterback that was there, of course Carson, and and now. <laughs> You know, we we've got to win against a, a team that was undefeated nine games coming in. You know, and Jalen Hurts he made all the right he made all the right plays. I uh, looked very very poised, and uh, you know it's pretty it's pretty fun fun here, Don, because of the optimism now that everybody has that they're going to go into Arizona and win this game. I mean, I, I really think guys are coming up. They said you think they can win the win the table. I said, well, why not? You know, I mean. You know, you know, you got to believe. So we'll see. It's it's pretty. It's been pretty interesting. Well, Washington's been all of all of a sudden been made a, a power favorite to win the East. But Roger Hendler, how about if you jump in there with Vince and get into your observation? Well, you know, I agree with uh, Vince, and you know, we talked about it in the past, Vince, that the uh, Eagles are definitely uh, locked into Carson Wentz financially. Yes. Okay, right. because uh, if they were, were to trade him, they take a thirty million hit on the cap next year. Correct? <laughs> yeah, that's what I've heard. That's that's pretty crushing. They could have brought they could have brought in about a, a whole platoon full of Vince Papalis for for thirty million dollars. <laughs> hey, you listen. You made more than thirty million. What are you talking about? Hey, you know, I'm just. I'm, hey, Don, I'm just trying to catch up to you, man. Uh, you know, Mark. That's Edwards, right. So you it, got that. Right, man. <laughs> Don always <laughs> talks about everybody else. Well, you know, about I, with money. <laughs> you know, just kidding though. I, I mean, you know, for me, it was it wasn't about the money. It was all about just the, the joy of playing. But it's just incredible, as you were saying, is, is, is the, the uh, what we count against the cap, and it's going to be an interesting, interesting uh, off season. And uh, needless to well, say, I, I mean, you know, so if Joe and just real quick, and I'll let Roger go back. You know, Joe and if they win the game. Sunday night. I mean, you got it. You got to give the kids. I, I would think you got to give the kids a shot for the rest of the year. Then what happens? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, there's a lot. I I didn't listen to serious NFL radio for a while because uh, you know the it, the uh, they charge and I thought it was uh, too much. But uh, I just traded cars, and uh, so I get it for a while. And I'll tell you, uh, uh, some of the experts, and I really think of a lot of Pat Kerwin, who was the old general manager, uh, a couple of teams. But his point, he thinks that Carson Wentz, uh, number one, uh, will be with the Eagles next year, and he will be playing with a, uh, a new, possibly a new coach, or he'll have a, a, a better offensive line, and, and the, the whole team will be structured differently and better. My question is, I, I'm, a, I'm not a, a Howie Roseman fan, and the guys all think that uh, Howie's going to get cut, or the guys on the show. I don't necessarily believe that. I'd like your opinion. 
because I think that uh, Howie and Jeffrey Lurie are connected at the hip, if you know what I mean. Well, I don't know if they're connected to the hip, but obviously there's a tremendous relationship and respect they have for each other. And I'll sort of, I'll sort of leave it at that, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, not, and I'm not pointing fingers anyway. And I don't think that uh, Howie's a problem and I don't think Doug's a problem. I don't think the offensive line's a problem. There are things that need to be fixed. You know, the tire right now has a few leaks in it. And uh, this is when the off season is used to figure out what it is. And, you know, putting all egos aside and also relationships aside. So there's going to be some very difficult decisions that have to be made. And, um, you know, I have a relationship with Doug for several years. And, and, but I, I saw, I, I saw uh, just the other, the other night the way he was calling the plays and, and the kind of flow he had, you know, the confidence he had in, uh, in Jalen. And this isn't a criticism of Carson. It's just it was, a, it was a, just a whole different flow and a style. And, and it was really fun to watch and to listen uh, to, to, Moose John, to Moose, you know, and I, I, I think he's one of the best commentators out there, you know, with the decision-making ability uh, of Jalen and his quickness and, you know, how he could frustrate a defense and having a defender now have to be accountable to this kid. And then it might open it up for the, like it did for the running game and like it could for the receiving game. And you got a bunch of receivers there coming off the practice squad and unknowns. You know, the offensive line, look what's happened to the offensive line. And I texted Doug before the game. I said, this is like deja vu all over again. You know, it's next man up. And, and, and why can't that happen? So uh, it, I'm, I'm real excited about the last three games of the year. And I, and I, and, and I, have, I have a really feeling that they're going to run the table. I, it, people think I'm crazy, but. You know, I, they thought it was crazy when I thought they'd win the game on Sunday. Well, if they do, it they does. could win the division. Well, that would well. You know, the, somebody has to stop uh, the, that team, the, the, the Washington football team, uh, and uh, you know, and the, the quarter. He's back and he's playing it's, good. I think they, also the fact that uh, the, the way he, the way Doug has stood up for the. Uh, the I guess in one sense he's lucky it's all Zoom stuff now. You're not actually you're questioning him in person. <laughs> yeah, right. But but I thought the way that he's handled that uh, right straight through the post game show and then of course into uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia's post game show. I, I thought the way he's handled that has really been excellent because there's nothing tougher. I mean, we saw we saw, we saw all during the baseball season the exact same thing and and. It's tough to get up there after you've had all these losses and all these things are happening. All I have to do is ask Dick Vermeil about that, and then you know how how cautious he got. You know, listen, Doug respects his players and they respect him. You know, he's a players' coach. There's no question about it. I would I would be honored and love to have the opportunity to play for a guy like Doug Peterson as I did with a Dick Vermeil because he was a players' coach. Once you become one of his guys, he's going to protect you, and whether Carson is or isn't. You know, he the Doug is a quarterback. He understands what Carson's going through, and and uh, you know he's going to be there to protect him. The last thing he wants to do is to go after the guy, and, and you know, and go after his ego and his pride and all those other things. For, forget the fact, guys, that you know, oh, you're a professional athlete. You've got to have such a thick skin that you know these things just bounce off you. You're a human being. You know, you're right. a husband. You're a father. You, you, there's all these other facets of you that sometimes people forget and they expect them that, you know, they've got to be uh, not to, 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 whatever another word, I'm looking at a poster here. You've got to be invincible. You can't, 
ever make a yeah. mistake. And, you know what I'm saying? It's just, I, I would Great never, movie. Great movie. I, yeah, one of my favorites. It's right up there with a the big one. You know? Yeah, me and Rocky, you know. Hey, I'll tell you, Vince, I was, I was talking to a friend of mine today, and we were talking about what it would be like if Buddy Ryan was coaching the Eagles today. With the media. Oh my God! Oh Jesus! What <laughs> it, it would talk it, about that? <laughs> it, it would. It would be prime time. <laughs> yeah, it would be hilarious. Yeah, I mean, there would be no, nothing funnier than him. And and uh, you know, Dick Dick was pretty good back in the day. Who else would be a good one too? That that's 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 a great one. I would love to see that. But somebody's going well, to do a little mix. Yes, yeah. the thing was that you you did it one on whether it was the Monday press conference or the press conference after the game or midweek or whatever it may be. It was you know one two is where you know, Ralph Bernstein would be there, Stan Hockley. It was it wasn't like this with TV. You you know you're just putting on the camera. Well, you and know you're not talking you, to right. Yeah, yeah, Don, and it was edited. You know, most of the times, and you, you did it, you did it on your tape. Well, we, we go all the way back down. I remember working at Channel 10 in 76 when it was filmed, and, and, and I'm going out there, and, you know, they talk about the uh, the film on the, on the, on the floor, and, and their guys are editing and putting this thing together two minutes before I'm going on the air. Now everything is instantaneous. You've got all the, you've got all the socials, and uh, it, it's just right out. As soon as somebody says something, Fifteen seconds later, it's out on Instagram, Twitter, so any social media, and uh, you know that's that, that. This is what people demand, and this is what they expect now. It it was. Let me tell you something. It was a lot more fun back then with you guys. Uh, you know, plus we could, we 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 felt a we felt a, a relationship with the press back then, and and guys that we knew we could trust, and some guys that we could play around a little bit with. But it was uh, it was pretty fun. I'm very I, I agree. I, I've, I've agreed with that right along. The, the two things that annoy me more than anything else is that you can be a hardened, for instance, in the NBA, and you're making $200 million, and you're saying, well, I don't want to play for this team. I want to play for somebody in, in Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine you walked into Dick Vermeule and the Eagles and said, well, you know, I'd love to play for the Eagles, but I, I can't do it. you gotta, you got to trade me to Cincinnati. Well, you know, he basically said, you can, <laughs> you know, don't let the door hit in the ass on the way out. I mean, that would, that would be exactly right, what they right, would say. Right. So, yeah, see you later. You know, waste well, time. you know who was like that also, Vince, was Andy Reid. Remember yeah, the, uh, was, the yeah. guy went, yeah, remember the guy went after him, one of the players, and he said, and he, he cut him like right away. You're gone, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, you know, and. They were talking, uh, ironically, they were talking about uh, uh, Shady McCoy was interviewed last night, and he was talking about the compare. He compared Andy Reid and, and uh, Bruce Arians, and he said that they are very similar in every way, other than Bruce will uh, talk to the media a lot more than Andy would. Andy yeah. would say, you know, time's yours, okay? And, th- and then he'd give quick, quick uh, answers, and then, okay, whereas Bruce talks a lot more and you know Bruce from his days with Temple. Oh, I was just thinking of that. You know, I just remember how great a guy he was and and you know, playing in the golf tournaments with him and and uh <laughs> so he was the best, you know, and he was a funny guy and he was very energetic and you know, it, it's sort of it's sort of fun to watch him now and his success there too. And you know, I mean what a great job he's done. 
Well, Vince, as you talk, uh, he was pretty much the same way. When, you know, when Andy came in, he'd give you an injury report, and then uh, <laughs> that would be it. Go into it in, in real quick answers. Uh, whereas, uh, uh, you know, that's not the case in there. In, uh, in uh, uh, with the Buccaneers, you know, he he just comes in, gives you information you want, and he he was a lot of fun at Temple. We we worked over there like uh, broadcasting games. He was a lot of fun doing that. Mm-hmm. And he has fun. He has fun. I guess wherever he is, every it seems every team that you talk to, that he worked for, he had a lot of fun. Well, that's 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 a, that's a personality. And right now, you know, look look at the pressure that was put on him. They brought everybody in, of course, the quarterback, tight end, and everything else, and they're saying instant right. winner. And they they went to a little thing. But you know, if anybody can settle a locker room down, it would it certainly would be Bruce Arians. And I think that's the same thing with Doug. I, I, I really think he's just done a remarkable job this year. He has. Uh, and, and, keeping it, and keeping things together and, you know, not losing his cool. And he could be pissed off like we can as fans, you know, because guys, listen, they could have easily been three and one or four and four and one or, or, or three and two at uh, the beginning of the season if, if players had made plays. And mm-hmm. it's right. very simple. And I'm not going to point a finger here, there, or the other way. But if you go back, and look at that game, and if just the one play here, one play there, a tackle here, you know, a, a penalty, whatever, you know, a missed uh, possession. And if, it, if one of those things were to change, they'd be in a whole different ball game. And then who knows? Vince, you could say that you could say the same thing though about go back to the Super Bowl game with Atlanta. I mean, right. one mistake in the last minute of play, and then this year they made two as big of mistakes. Only the games weren't as big, but the mistakes were just as big. So they have two more losses on their record that they should have. Yeah, and one right. on so, Sunday. Yeah, 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 that, yeah that, you know, you're right, Don. And, and, and you look at those things, and that's what's so frustrating. It's so frustrating to Doug, and, and I'm sure it is to the players, and they see it in the locker, they see it in the, uh, in the tape or film study, whatever they call it now. But, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's called, it's called uh, accountability. Right, you know, and it, it's look you in what you're doing, Roger, and what I'm doing. I, I have to be accountable for everything that I do, and when we were praying for Dick Vermeil, that accountability was there. But you know, we sort of took care of it within the locker room, and once it gets outside of the locker room, it gets outside of Las Vegas, then you start having some issues. And I really respect Doug, and 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 you know, keeping if there's anything that's going on in the locker room. Uh, it's not getting out, and and that's a really important thing. And I and I really think that this this week's practice will be a lot more energetic and positive sure. because of the big win on last Sunday. No, 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 no. Well, Vince, I want to thank you so very much for spending some time with us. It's always a pleasure. Uh, I look at the movie every once in a while just to say that I know that <laughs> guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm looking at a poster right now with me and Mark, and I have to say, Mark Wahlberg is just what he was phenomenal. And and I, I just I just texted a picture of, of of him and me from way back, and I look what I just found. And in two seconds, he's back to me. So we have a great relationship. And and Don, you 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 are absolutely a Hall of Famer, and 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 one of the best when I was playing, and and not when I was playing as well. You know, you were you're always fair. And uh, you, you, you were good to us, guys. So we appreciate it very much. So it's hey, an honor ben, to be with be, you, sir. Before you go, I wanted to ask you, how's your son Vinny doing? <laughs> oh, he's doing very well. He just got back. I appreciate you asking. There, my daughter Gabriella, uh, I'm really excited about because she's the stage manager for all the entertainment for the 76ers. 
So I've got a oh, great. You know, so, yeah. So she has, she's a Syracuse grad and she's doing that. And, and, uh, and then right now everybody's going fiber. So Vinny, uh, Vinny signed a contract um, with the, the Montreal Alouettes and, and, hmm. and he, and he went out and, and he trained with the, with the quarterback on the team and they thought they were going to go north over the border. And because of the COVID uh, they, they shut the season down. So um, he, he was able, thanks to the Alouettes, he was able to participate uh, a month ago in, in the spring league out in San Antonio. And, uh, and, he, and he really had a really, good, a really good experience there. He played very well in, in all facets of the game. And, play, and for the first time, I, see, I saw him covering kickoffs and punts, and he loved it because he never did that in college. And Jerry Glanville was his coach. I mean, how cool is that? Jerry oh, Glanville, he's a good coach. He's a good coach. Jerry yeah. Glanville and, and June Jones were his coaches, and I know they really, oh, they really like Vinny. So um, right now, you know, there there aren't any tryouts. Uh, he's he's still training and working out because of the COVID and not bringing guys in. But hopefully, uh, he'll have an opportunity, of, you know, to sign, to resign with the Alouettes, or we'll see what happens with the NFL. But you know, we're keeping the dream alive, and he's working very hard. He's got, and, and and Blake Barrett's. Uh, Adam Thielen's agent is Vinny's agent, so we're very confident that uh, you know Vinny. They they know about him around there, so we'll see. And uh, you know, uh, don't, Great. don't count him out. So I, I appreciate you asking, but you know, more than anything, they're healthy, happy, and I'm excited that uh, they're my children. It's it's pretty That's cool. For well, have a happy yeah. happy holiday for you and the entire yeah, family. Merry Christmas and, to you and your wife. And we'll uh, we'll we'll keep we'll keep in touch to see how he's making out as we go along. I look forward to you all have a, an invincible 2021. This is this is going to be, <laughs> be better than 20. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. We'll see you. Take care. Always a pleasure. Frank, bring on our next guest. Frank, I'll let you do that. You're at the head. You're at the control center. Well, we have. Uh, have it's our honor tonight to have, to close out the season with a a guy who was always a closer, a guy who was always above reproach. And one of the best uh, players that the uh, Phillies ever had, and one of the best coaches that uh, they currently have, and that's uh, Mr. Larry Boa. Larry, welcome. It's great to hear all you. Right. Nice to be Mary, here. First of all, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Let's hope we all get healthy, Larry. Well, hey, I yeah, haven't gone anywhere. Right. This, I, I don't mean right to break now, in, but I was. I was—I didn't want to break in, but Larry Bow, I can't believe it. Larry, Merry Christmas! I'm going to bow out now, but I heard that—I heard you were coming on, so I couldn't resist myself. I'll see you All guys. Right, Take ben. it easy. All right, All right buddy. buddy. We'll see you. All right. <laughs> good man. He's a good man right there. We're going. Right, we're going there. from the top. We're going from the top to the top tonight. We we, we don't go down any lower than ninety nine and nine percent percent. Right. Uh, there you go. Well, we're we're having well, yeah. a nice snowstorm. Nice snowstorm right now. So. Uh, Let me ask you this Before we get into what's going on With the Phillies right now uh, Sad note, we did a couple of shows uh, uh, Regarding Dick Allen I don't know whether you had a chance to to Get to the funeral or not I I know he was still up in uh, Wampum, Pennsylvania But uh, One tremendous baseball player uh, As Bill White said Deserves to be in the Hall of Fame As well as anybody deserves to be in the Hall of Fame so just some of your thoughts we talked about the present situation. Yeah, he uh, he definitely, uh, you know, we, I I was there when they retired his number uh, this past uh, summer when John Middleton right. retired his number. And I, I knew that he wasn't in real good health. That's why I was wondering why they didn't induct him, you know, and have that vote. Uh, but uh, you know what, Don, this guy, 
when I first came up, my first year was in 66 in the minor leagues, and all we did was read bad things about Richie, what kind of guy he was. He wasn't a good person. And then he came to us in 75, I believe, yeah, 75. This guy did everything right. Uh, if you believed everything you read, because we didn't know him when we were coming up through the system, and then when he came in our clubhouse and everything, he really meant a lot to all us guys that were coming up through the Philly organization. But he was a tremendous baseball player, unbelievable hitter. This guy swung a 40-ounce bat. He hit balls that, uh, you know, everyone talks about guys being strong now. I don't know if too many guys were stronger than uh, than Dick Allen. He was, uh, I don't know, I just, I really liked him. He knew how to play the game. Very intelligent player. Uh, great base runner. There's not too much he couldn't do on a baseball field. And uh, it was really sad that he passed away. I played with his brother, Ronnie, another great individual. And uh, it was a tough day when we found out that he had passed. Absolutely. And uh, Roger, we'll let you kick things off uh, to the present day. Well, you know, Larry, uh, there was a uh, Philadelphia sports writers uh, meeting earlier tonight. I was there for the first uh, half hour and Larry Shank's name came up. And I just checked. I do believe that his wife, it was announced today that she had passed away. Had you heard that? Uh-oh. Did we, did, did we lose Larry? Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. Right had, had you heard, Larry, had you heard anything about Larry no, Shane's wife? No, he's not wife? there yet. Uh, hold hold oh, okay. it, Roger. Yeah, anyway, Don, uh, that Larry's name came up tonight in the half hour. Right. And uh, and I just Googled it, and it looks as if they announced today that she has passed away. Julie, uh, I knew she had, I knew she had been sick, and I uh, I didn't have a chance to hear the uh, go on the Zoom t- tonight at seven o'clock. I I emailed Larry Lipman that I couldn't be on tonight because uh, we're getting ready for the show here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's exactly. that's a sad note, and I'll I'll certainly send him an email and a, and a note tomorrow. Yeah, but, is Larry, yeah, back yeah. with us. Yeah, yes, I'm on. I'm on. Yes. Well, Larry, uh, I don't know whether uh, you had heard anything today that Larry Shank's wife passed away, I believe. Yes, I did. I heard bad news. Uh, We've had a lot of bad news in our Philly family lately, and uh, that's another person that was very much loved and liked by our Philly organization. And she's been sick for a while, and Larry Shank and and, uh, and Julie, tremendous individuals, and my heart goes out to Larry Shank. Absolutely. Well, uh, yeah, Don, they were neighbors of ours in Claymont. I got to, I got to say, they were, they were neighbors that's, of ours that's in right, Claymont. Frank, they were, yeah. They were great, great people and tremendous parents. Um, yes. They had a child that, that had uh, juvenile diabetes, and uh, what they went through for that for the, for the child was just right. horrendous. Oh, that's, well, that's, the other uh, thing is uh, the uh, catching situation has been solved over in New York. Uh, the catching situation, uh, although talked about for the last six months, has not been settled in Philadelphia. What's the latest you can tell us about that? Well, I, I do know that uh, that our new president, uh, Dave Dombowski, I know they definitely are prioritizing that. You know, I have no idea the numbers of what uh, JT is asking for or what we're we're actually offering. We definitely would like him in our lineup next year. But it, it, it helps us a lot when uh, when other teams are filling their vacancy, especially at catcher. So we'll see what happens. Right. Uh, but he's a big well, part I, of our you know uh, of our when you talk about forty when you talk about forty million dollars as opposed to whatever the Phillies are going to have to pay for a catcher, I you're talking about a major differential in pay. I know it. 
I know you are. And, and you know, I just hope that, uh, again, I don't know what JT's asking for, and I don't know what we're offering, but uh, that would be a big void in our lineup if, if we weren't able to sign him. And I would also well, think that about- the competition has to be – the competition has to have narrowed down. How many teams can really afford today with what happened with the season last year, only 60 games and no fans and all the other things, how many teams can actually afford – to make that kind of uh, a boo for a baseball player? Well, the latest that we've heard is uh, Toronto's in the mix, Houston's in the mix. Right. The Dodgers have asked, have, have made uh, some uh, inquiries about him, and, of course, we're definitely in it. Washington has made uh, has, has, has sort of uh, thrown it out there that they're interested. So I'm sure there's going to be more than one team, and it's going to be a matter of where he wants to play. Um you know, I, he did a great job for us the last couple of years. And, uh, again, that's going to be up to our ownership and JT about what happens there. Roger? Well, I, I, how about uh, Dave Dombrowski, uh, Larry? I, I think that uh, hopefully that's going to settle things down in the front office and uh, uh, with the vaccine coming out this week. And uh, hopefully uh, the virus situation will improve and uh, hopefully we'll have – Fans in the ballpark uh, this coming year, Uh, but uh, have you? Go ahead, Larry. I'm sorry. I was going to say that would be great, but uh, Dave's reached out and talked to some of us. Uh, I already like one thing he said. He said he doesn't want his pitchers just going five innings. He says I like them to go seven or eight. So that's that's a big plus. That's for the old school guys. And uh, you know he's he's used to winning. Dave Dombrowski's used to winning, and. He's he's been very impressive. We've had a couple Zoom calls with him, and uh, I I like the hire, and I like uh, obviously his resume speaks for itself. Well, he looks like the number one pitcher, and and well, actually two things uh, I'd like to ask you, Larry. One is uh, the pitching last year. You you got a nucleus anyway of a starting rotation, not not great. You need a pitcher, but more importantly. Boy, oh, boy, Joe Girardi had such a tough time in that bullpen. I mean, they had 11 players out there, and he couldn't pick one out that could stop a ninth-inning rally. You're right, Don. He uh, he made a good statement the other day. He got interviewed. He says, we would have been better off telling the hitters what was coming, and we probably had a better <laughs> chance of getting them out than what happened last. You know, I, I, I felt sorry. It, it was one of those things that, it, like you said, it didn't matter who he brought in. It, it, on a given night, and he tried to roll the dice and let everybody get an opportunity, and nobody really stepped up. But uh, I really believe, besides JT, that's our number one. Uh, uh, Dave Davis stated that that's his number one, number two or one A, I should say. Uh, they got to fix the bullpen. We we do have three good starters at the top of the rotation, and right. the kid Howard, uh, you know, he's he's got potential. But as you well know, Don, you covered baseball. Potential doesn't mean you're going to do it, but he's got a a, a chance to be something, uh, you know, especially at the back end of our rotation. And as you said, we could probably use another starting pitcher. But the top three guys, I like our three starters. I mean, I think they're going to give you innings. I think they know how to pitch. Uh, and again, there, there's not a lot of teams that have three real good starters. I, I like that part of our of our rotation right now. And again, but we have other questions. The shortstop is is DD going to be back? Uh, is McCutcheon going to be healthier than he was? Uh, JT is a question mark if we sign him. So Dave's got his work cut out for him. There's no doubt about that. Roger? Yeah, the, uh, I inter- heard the other day on uh, MLB radio, I didn't realize uh, what Nick Pavetta's gone from the Phillies. And uh, 
is with a uh, yep. another team. Yeah, he went, he got traded to Boston uh, right before the end of the season last year, and he had a, he had one or two decent starts at the end. You know, there, there's some, there, you know what, guys, there's 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 some guys worried about if you trade a guy, if he's going to come back and haunt you. There's some guys that just can't pitch here in Philadelphia. It's a tough place mm-hmm. to pitch for. A pitch, you know, a city. Uh, 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 the fans, they're great fans, believe me, but they can get they can be tough. I told mm-hmm. some of the guys they're they're lucky they had cardboard cutouts this year because if there were really <laughs> fans in the stands, they would have had to sneak out of the stadium. Believe me, believe me. Uh, let me ask you about a couple of players, and I I know you scouted all year. You've you've barely been working in the scouting department for the last two or three years, uh, so maybe you, you really haven't had a chance to see any of these players. But uh, in the bullpen, I would think that Hendricks out of the A's would be a, a player that would be at least some conversation about. No question. I mean, he's, he's probably number one on everybody's list as far as the closer is concerned. And again, right. I'm not saying, I'm not saying Don, we're not going to spend money, but we have to be a little bit careful of how we spend money. So if we sign JT, I would just, this is just my opinion. If we sign a guy like JT, we're going to have to pick and choose all the other guys. We can't go after the top of the, like a Springer, or Henrik, like right. you said. Uh, so it's going to be all how the chips fall with JT. And, you know, obviously, from our standpoint, we'd like to see that decision made quick, and then uh, Dave can get on with his business. But it doesn't right. seem like some of these guys are going to sign until after maybe well into January. Yeah, that's what they were saying. That they think it's going to be late on, but that also takes out right. Trevor Bauer. He's not going to, he's not going to make a right. move until uh, he's got so many clubs after him. And Odorosi, right. I don't know about, uh, I don't know what his situation is, but he, he's another pitcher that's certainly worth talking about. Yeah, there's no question. Those three guys you named are all, I'd love to have all of them in a Philly uniform, but that's not going to happen. But, you know, those three guys. <laughs> you had you to know, be, George, you had to be like George Steinbrenner to get all those guys. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you would. But, <laughs> you know, when you, when you have three, three guys like that, a lot of them are going to try to wait as long as they can to see what player A gets, then uh, they're going to go for there. And I'm sure JT right now, uh, you know, I've, I'm sure that uh, the Mets signing uh, the catcher for, what, four years for $40 million, that got his attention. You know, he's saying, wow, this, is, this guy basically, if you think about it now, he's been a backup catcher with the exception of last year, and there was only 60 games last year. So, you right. know, JT knows what he's worth. His, his agent knows what he's worth, and uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of negotiation going on between those guys. Well, Roger, well, you know, what, what about his age? Okay, uh, he's going to be 31, I think, right? No, he's going to be 30. He's going to be 30. 30, okay. Uh, This guy's in great shape. You know, and I'm not going to say, nobody beats father time. Will he be able to catch in five years? Probably, probably not. But he's got, he's got such athleticism. I've seen him play first base. He's going to, there's going to be a DH eventually in the National League. So, you could get, if he wants five years, I don't think that would be, again, it's not my money. I don't know what he's asking, but I think the way he takes care of himself, that uh, five years would be all right. What do you think about Brad Hand and, and Baez? What do you think about those two? They're certainly uh, out on the market. Uh, they shouldn't be really top, top uh, signings, but they're certainly solid relievers. Hey, Don, after you saw what we saw last year, Every guy looks good right now. <laughs> <laughs> I would be. We're going to put you. We're going to put you back on the field. And let you pitch. 
Hey, but both yeah. those guys would help. There's no question about it. They have experience. They've been pitching on winning teams. Uh, I think that's the key, too, is, is Dave emphasized that he'd like to get some pitchers, uh, especially bullpen guys that have pitched in winning atmosphere. So, you know, that's going to be one of the uh, the theory that he's looking for, guys that uh, have been on winning baseball teams. Hey, Roger? I got a question. For hey, Tommy, go ahead, Tommy. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, Larry, how are you doing? Big, big Phillies fan, a big fan of yours. When, when we, you know, when you play ball for the Phillies up there, what is your favorite memory about the 1980 World Series, which the Phillies won over Kansas City? Oh, without a doubt, it was. Uh, I mean, winning the World Series was the ultimate. There's no question about that. That's the something that, uh, as a baseball player, you look at, you say, God, I would love to play in a World Series and to actually win it. That that was the greatest memory. But the most, uh, probably the most tense series we ever had was with the Houston Astros before we went to the World Series. Every game, with the exception of the first game, was extra innings. We had to go into Houston and beat Nolan Ryan. That stands out. Uh, Schmidt's home run in Montreal stands out. I mean, it was a dogfight that whole year. Uh, the fact we had come so close, 76, 77, 78, 80, uh, we had some good teams, and we just kept coming up short. But I would say that series in Houston is one that stands out in my mind as far as being intense and uh, packed houses in both places at the vet and and the uh, the Astrodome is something that uh, you don't forget. Well, they say that may be the greatest uh, LCS in history, Larry. I know that's what a lot of people say, and, and it, you know, at the time we were going through it, uh, you, you you don't really realize that. You know, once you retire and everything, you go back and look at video, and uh, and it brings back a lot of memories and everything. And there was a back and forth series, and uh, you know, we uh, we knew as a team. I mean, you usually don't want to say this, but once we beat Houston, that took all the pressure off us. We felt that, hey, we're, it's destined for us to win now because we come close against the Dodgers and, and the Reds, and we just couldn't get over the hump. And we felt that once we got in the World Series, we were going to take care of business, and it happened. Larry, let me ask you the other side of the ledger because I, I, I think of this often, and every time I see you or talk to you or look at baseball, you talk about that greatest playoff. But you almost took the Cubs into the World Series People don't realize that that uh, you guys were up two to nothing against the Padres and you came up short. How much of a disappointment yep. was that? You thinking you were going to take the that, Cubs into the series? That was that was big time disappointment. That was that might be more of a disappointment than when we kept losing to either the Dodgers or the Reds because we had a team down two to nothing. And I remember we right. were on that airplane and we we had a lot of young guys on that team. And I remember flying from Chicago to San Diego and I was with Gary Matthews. And there's a lot of these young guys were like, they weren't celebrating, but they were really feeling giddy about themselves. And I said, you know what? We better be careful here because this team is not done yet. You, you know, you still got to win a game. And lo and behold, it happened. We go out there and we get swept. And uh, that was very disappointing. Very disappointing. We had a good team and Dallas, Dallas turned that franchise completely around. And the fact that we didn't get there was very disappointing. Well, there's so many games you can look back on, uh, especially against the Dodgers. Uh, you think you're in great shape against the Dodgers. You got the game one. It's in the ninth inning, and things yeah. happen. Uh, and, and son of a gun, it, and, and the same thing can be said, I don't know if you follow last Monday night's football game, but, I mean, 90% of the people thought that game was won three times. I mean, oh, I don't. And, and it wasn't one. And it wasn't one. And when it was over, nobody even realized 
I, I couldn't believe it. I'm looking at the game, and I'm saying, how can they not realize that what happened here, it's a safety. It's not a three-point win. It's a five-point win because they got they didn't get the ball out of the end zone. It was a safety. I know. Nobody even knew know. it. That was, that was a fun game to watch, though. I, I mean, I like watching sports, but that was that was really a good game to watch. But you, like you said, we had the Dodgers a couple times. You know, the the the, 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 ball, the ball that Bull missed in left field that normally he's not out there. The Davey Lopes play that you you can tell me we can if we had instant replay he's out the ball that came off Schmitty to me uh, the right. by Vic Davalio that he started the inning off there were so many things that you look back on and you know what they're not excuses we just didn't can make a play or get a pitch or get a big hit and uh, then we go to L A and maybe the best center fielder I ever played with Gary Maddox misses a a, a fly ball to center field in the mm-hmm. twilight. You can hit him that ball 500 times, he's going to catch it 499 times. So a lot right. of weird stuff really happened. Well, the late uh, Bob Gibbs could say the same thing about Kurt Flood. He had, they, they had that series one against the Tigers and, and ball it up in the sun, and Kurt Flood who never missed anything. Missed the ball right. and uh, cost Bob Gibson a, a World Series. I mean, it was, it, things happen. I mean, it's just – Yep. That, that's why baseball is such a great sport. You know, people say – uh, well, you got momentum going. You know, you win two games, and then momentum is the starting pitcher the next night. I mean, how many right. times have you seen a last place team go in and play a first place team, and the last place team has a, an ace going and he shuts down the. It's just a matter of making plays at the right time, getting key hits, maybe getting a call from an umpire. Uh, you know, there's a lot of luck. Besides being good, you have to be lucky to to, to win a World Series. And and now, you know, there's so many teams involved in the playoffs. You get one team that's hot towards the end there, they can come in and, 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 and win the whole deal now. So Right. There, there's a lot Especially of things now, involved. If they, have 16 te- if they have 16 teams in starting next year, That's re- you really have to do something big. Yeah, I was disappointed we didn't get in the playoffs because I liked our lineup. And if somebody would have said, you guys aren't going to get in the playoffs with the extra teams, I would have said, you're crazy. But, again, pitching is the name of the game, Don, as you well know. And uh, – we just couldn't get it. I think out of 60 games, somebody said 40 of those games, we had leads going in the seventh inning, and we couldn't right. we couldn't put the game away. So, right. you know, if you don't have pitching and you don't catch the ball, you're not going to win a lot of games. That's right. Roger, well, all they would have needed, Larry, was uh, 10 games out of those 40, and yeah. they, they would have been easily in there and won. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no question. And, and going down the stretch, all we had to do was really win two games. That, and right. that last road trip, and we couldn't even do that. So, you know, sometimes well, you, you don't deserve to be in it, and that, that last year right. we didn't deserve to be in it. Two, two points before we run out of time. One, I, I, I've told you many times, and I believe it, uh, I thought you did such a great job on Major League Baseball today uh, after the games. I, I, I know you're in great shape with the Phillies again, and, and you know, but I'll tell you, I really enjoyed you doing it because you were honest. You, you, you really, I thought, did a very, very professional job on that show. Cool. And uh, you're missed there. Number two, uh, most people won't remember, and I don't even think you'll probably remember. But uh, when that when that seventh game against the Dodgers, when the ball ticked off Bull's glove, and you right. guys walked off the field as a loser, you're probably not going to remember this. But I was doing a show then in, in, in Philly at WWDB. I wasn't even at CAU. And I called Jeff at home at 10 o'clock at night that night. And I said, Bo, would you mind coming home for a few minutes to talk about this World Series and this last game? And you came on. I mean, uh, you know, I never forgot that. That, that. that was something that you did that 
was just out of this world. Well, I appreciate that, Don, but you know what? It, it, most baseball players, I don't know about this generation now, but if people are fair to you and they ask you even during tough times to do something, and you were always fair to, up to me and the Phillies, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to be a professional and go about it. You know, I, I probably didn't want to go on, not because of you, but because of the, 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 the way we lost and everything. But right. I think you got to be, you got to be a professional. And I try to tell these young kids that, especially in Philadelphia, as you well know, Don, the, the worst thing you can do is hide from the media here. If you mess up or your team's not playing good, you got to go in front of the people and let them know because this is a blue-collar city, and sometimes they appreciate your honesty, and that's what I tried to do. And, you know, you helped it a lot by always giving everybody a fair shake when we went on your shows, and uh, so it really wasn't that hard to go on your show. Now, if, if somebody else would have asked me, somebody that's been unfair, I probably would have said, no, I don't feel like going on. But you are always fair, and uh, – you know, it's one of those things you got sometimes you got to face some music and it wasn't fun. But uh, I think the people in Philly appreciate it when you when you step in front and say, hey, you know what? We just didn't get it done. I and couldn't you know agree what? more, Roger. That, that, was, that was a call to your home. There were no cell phones then. <laughs> You're right. You're exactly right. But now they have cell phones. Guys go in between innings and go on the phone. So it's that's different. right. right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different game now. There's no question about it. It is. Hey, listen, I'm watching Major League Baseball tonight, and and, uh, and and they're in the middle of a segment, and Larry calls then. <laughs> so it works both ways. Larry, you jumped you jumped in from your cell phone calling Major League Baseball tonight. Yeah, I did. It was it, uh, Amsinger was on. I did. I remember that. I did do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, I remember. You talked about being ready in the bullpen to pitch. <laughs> it was now, maybe you tell that story a little bit while you it's been a long time. Maybe nobody's heard it before. Tell that story about going to the bullpen. Well, which one is it? I had a few of them now. He didn't, sort of didn't have his uniform. Didn't have his uniform on. I'm trying to think who the player was though. I'm trying uh, to think of who it was who the pitcher was. There was a pitcher. I can't think of I can't think of them. Yeah, who it, was. It, it was a relief pitcher. Yeah. It was a. It was and a he pitched pitch like the day before or two days before. Right, and, and, he, didn't and he didn't think he, he didn't think he was going to be used. You're exactly right. Exactly. Exactly game. right. You, and he <laughs> told that story. I, and and uh, <laughs> people don't realize it. It's uh, unbelievable. Listen, to it. you lost the Phillies. The Phillies lost the. Uh, we we, crazy, we had a story a when, when I when I played Don. Uh, remember Roger Freed hit all those home runs in the minor leagues? Yeah. Sure, and and hit the he first big, home big, run at Veterans Stadium, didn't he? Big, 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 no, Don Money did. Don Money did. Oh, did he? Okay. But, but, yeah, but but Roger Freed, he pinched hit one in a, in a game where Frank Lucchese was a manager, and he got a base hit, and he eventually scored. And then the, anyway, we batted around, and he was supposed to hit again. And the clubby, they said get Roger. They thought he, you know, got went upstairs and took a shower and everything. He already showered and got dressed. He had no idea that we battered around. He had to take his clothes off, put his uniform back on, and hit again. Unbelievable. Now, this was back in the early 70s, so it did happen even back then. That's hilarious. Oh, how times have changed, Larry. 
Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you had one of you had one of the funniest guys. I left him. Can't think of his name, but he just passed away. And and what a Jay. What he was. Uh, oh, Jay Johnstone. Jay Johnstone. Yeah, I couldn't think of his yep. name for a minute. But Jay, what you talk about a character, right? There was yeah, a real yeah. character. Oh, and, and you know what? That guy could hit, Don. Well, he was oh, great. Right. Yeah, yeah, to have. Uh, I'll give you one real quick story about what he did in, at, at Wrigley Field. You know, we all had day games. And he came over from the Phillies to play with the Cubs as Dallas brought a bunch of guys over. And so the game's getting ready to uh, to start. And, and, of course, Jay's not in the lineup. So he's in his uniform going up and down the aisles at Wrigley Field collecting money because there were three nuns there that Dallas left tickets for. And he collected – I don't know how much money he collected, but he gave the nuns some <laughs> money. He's, he's up in his uniform collecting money. And the game's getting ready to start. So, that I mean, this guy was a character, believe me. <laughs> oh, he was. But you, you're right. He could hit. Boy, I, I tell you, the only yes, guy that could. I, in comparison to me when he stepped, Smokey Burgess. Smokey Burgess, he could hit. I don't care if it was midnight. Yep. He'd hit. Yep. Yep. Those guys, those guys, that's a tough, tough, tough gig to do in the big leagues. Come off the bench and give you quality at bath. And yep. the two, Smokey Burgess was one, and uh, Jay Johnson was unbelievable. And Larry. And, uh, uh, Manny Mota too. Yep, Manny Mota. Yep. Well, go ahead. Go ahead I'll, well, I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, the, I, the question I have is: Was Joe Pepitone uh, with the uh, Cubs in, in the period of time you were there? No, no, he wasn't. Uh, he had left. Okay, a friend of mine went no. to the uh, Cubs uh, fantasy camp, and he said Joe Pepitone was just like he was when he was playing in the major leagues. He was crazy at fantasy yeah. camp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was a character. I know that. I mean, I didn't get a chance to ever play with him, but I read a lot of things about him and talked to people that did play for him, but uh, with him. But, uh, yeah, he had a, he was a different, different cat, no question. Oh, I'll tell you, some real characters. And, uh, oh, boy. You know, you know, one guy that I always loved, and, and he was funny, and it uh, – uh, at the reunion at Old Timers Day was Gene Freeze. Uh, he that goes back to the uh, to the fifties. Yeah, he was with 50s. the Pirates, right? Yeah, he was with the Pirates. Yeah, yeah. And, right. And, he was uh, he was the grave he was digger. With, he was the grave digger, wasn't he? He was the grave digger. You're exactly yeah, right. Yeah, grave That's digger. Exactly right. Yeah. And uh, I told so, I interviewed him at uh, uh, Old Timers Day. And I'll tell you, because, uh, you know, I, that's when I was growing up, you know, in the 50s. And uh, right. so those guys, you know, Eddie Boucher, I still have his baseball card. And I got uh, uh, Whitey's uh, autograph on a baseball card at his house that he rent during the baseball season in 1956. And oh, wow. uh, he, uh, was right off the township line. And, you know, mm-hmm. you went up to his house. His wife was there with the kids and everything. And, uh we we went up there on a Sunday night or Saturday night after because they had had a day game. Now, you know, it's like six o'clock. No problem. Sign my glove and sign the baseball card. It was a different world. Yep. Yep. It is a different world. Richie was a great guy. Yeah. A great guy. Oh, he was. Well, guy. He was always I'll ready. I'll say another guy that, that people don't realize how funny he really was, and that that was Whitey. Whitey Ashburn was really a, a really funny, funny guy. Yep. Really he, funny. Yep. Yeah, a very dry sense of humor to Nebraska, and I'll tell you, he came up with some lines. You just—it was unbelievable. Yes, he did. Hey, you're, Larry, you're right. It was just—we we grew up in the best of all time. I, I, I'm not trying to say anyway of the players today; they're great players, and 
but the game's different now, and and uh, yep. and it just you know as you said, we can talk to everybody then. I mean, you can walk in there and talk to Booney. You can walk in there and talk to you. You can walk in. There. You know, there was never a question. Now, holy smokes, you have to go through a three league circus and show ID cards. And you can't go anywhere. Right. You got you to call. You got to call the agent for an interview. So it's just exactly. Yeah, right. right. You're exactly right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. You know, ironically, yeah. uh, I'm looking at it. I, I had it here in my move in the desk. Uh, they had a uh, 40 years of baseball salutes Richie Ashburn, Campbell's, and this has him in the middle with his pipe and his cap and his sweater when he was a broadcaster, and then it has all his baseball cards, including the Cubs and uh, the uh, 56 one I mentioned that I have. And I mean, it. Uh, you know, I thought about framing this and, uh, uh, you know, putting it up because he just uh, was a great player and a great broadcaster. So, yes, he uh, was. Just like you, Larry. Yes, Same thing, like just like you. Well, I, I appreciate that. Well, before we let you go, I want to do one other thing, and that is, uh, uh, you know, I always talk to you about your daughter. She went to Wellesley first and then transferred back right. to the University of right. Pennsylvania. And how old? Right. How's she doing now? She's doing very well, Don. She works for airlines right now. She's on a furlough because I told her to take the furlough because of this COVID. And uh, right. she's, she's doing very well. I appreciate that. Thank you. And and what's your itinerary now as uh, we get closer and closer to the new year and, and uh, well, your your new general manager and the meetings and all? What's on, what's on docket? Well, hopefully that we have a regular spring training, and it sounds like we might. I mean, it sounds like the players are, are not going to – settle for 130 games right now so i don't know how that's going to unfold but i'm making plans on going down to clearwater and uh hopefully be in uniform and throw bp and hit ground balls and and do my normal routine i missed a lot of that stuff this year i mean i was down there and then we all had to come home early but uh right, i missed right. one of the games i went to a few games down there but i didn't go to a lot i just wanted to stay away because of the the covid and everything but hopefully this vaccine can Head us in the right direction, and uh, we can get back, put our lives back to some type of normalcy again. Because since you don't really, you don't think about the things you really miss until they're taken away from you. And this year was really a tough year for everybody. And hopefully yeah. we can uh, get back to some type of normal life. Well, very good luck to you and to the family, and and have a happy holiday. And uh, maybe we'll get on the golf course or something down there in Florida when we get down there. If you, you get down early, I'm going down on the 28th of December. Okay, I'm going down February 1st, so that, that'd yeah. be good. I'll be ready to see him. Wheels lives down there half the year now, so maybe we can. Yeah, I know he bought it. Well, you talk about a money man. There he is, million dollar apartment. Yeah. Uh, somebody asked me in front of him, how can you afford it? I said, because he never ever took anybody out to dinner or anything. He has his first <laughs> dollar he's ever made, so <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, you know, Larry, uh, before you go, one of my favorite people uh, was uh, is Tina Urban, uh, you know, and, and uh, was doing the layout on the printing and, and everything. And, of course, my first uh, uh, meeting with her was when she was Larry's uh, administrative assistant. I love the woman. And I remember right. when she had the baby and everything. And the uh, I know she's going to be uh, leaving the Phillies the end of the year. And I, I called her let the message, but of course they're all working uh, remotely, uh, you know, yeah, uh, at the ballpark. Yeah, right. We don't have the offices aren't going to open up till after the first of the year. Yeah, and I wanted to talk to her and, and uh, have her on 
because, of course, she was working with Chris and Larry when she first started. And it, they, uh, Bob Brookover, uh, you probably saw it, did a great uh, article in the Inquirer Daily News, Philly.com, uh, on I think it was four people uh, that uh, th- their careers have ended. Uh, and, you know, one of them, uh, what, a Dave Stevenson. You know, the right. uh, the, camera, Vide- the video, cameraman. Video Dan. Video Dan. Video yep. Dan. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And he's, yep. uh, he's going to be spending time. He said he got a condo uh, down in Ventnor, and he hopes to do some work for the Phillies. But I did want to talk to Tina because I just uh, – she was uh, just one of my favorite people. She was always just uh, yeah, they, uh, so they, nice Phillies, and everything. The Phillies had a lot of people that they, they let go or retired. and I mean, they've, they've dedicated people, their yeah. whole lives at the vet. And then they go over to Citizens right. Bank Park and uh, and everything. So we've had a very good good run here with a lot of good people. Absolutely. Well, Larry, yeah. thank you very much, and have a great holiday for you and the family. And, Merry and Christmas, thank you as Happy always. New Year, Larry. Uh, yeah, all right, Christmas, guys, you have a and have a good Christmas and a safe and healthy 2021. You got Let's that right. That's you. important, right there. Stay away from that oh, virus. You got it. All right, guys. Take, take care. care. Take care, okay. Larry. Wow. Wow, what a tough act to follow. <laughs> you know? I'll tell you, Tommy, he, he's so a great, great guy. Tommy. He always was a, always oh. was a great guy. He, he played at 110% every game, regardless of what win, lose, or draw. And uh, as I said to him, my first time I mentioned it, Philip, that, uh, you know, I call it as, as Roger said. I didn't even think about that. I called him on his home phone <laughs> and talked oh, to him. Yeah. Right. Not after they lost that seventh game, and you know, not very many people would have done something like that, but he did it. Oh. And uh, so I always, uh, I always remember that. And uh, that's the first time I ever brought it up since 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 it happened. But uh, mm. uh, he he jumped right on, and we talked about the game and uh, the good points and the bad points and uh, the whole series and so forth. And just like he did tonight, uh, very forthcoming, just a great, honest guy, and and. Uh, Oh. A good person to know. You know, uh, the point that he made today to even get an interview, you got to go through agents. And, right. uh, you know, uh, and and <laughs> I can remember, I was just thinking about this. The, uh, you know, I did the uh, show uh, on at uh, 1680 um, at Nassau Broadcasting with Don was on, I mean, with Troy Vincent for two years. And I thought about that, you know, the, I, I got to know Troy because his daughter uh, played, she was much younger than my daughter, but they played on the same team in the uh, Trenton, uh, Reggie Murray's Trenton Summer League at the West uh, Ward uh, Recreation Center. So I'd be sitting with him and, the, and their boys were born, you know, during that time and everything. And, and I went up to him in the locker room and I asked him, I, uh, this was like during camp, I said, would you uh, be available to do a radio show? And he thought, he says, uh, yeah, as long as it's close to home. He was living over in Bucks County. And that's how it worked. And I'm th- thinking when I was approaching him, even though I you know, used to sit, sit with him at uh, games and everything, but I'm thinking, man, do I have to go talk to an agent about this first? And I knew his agent, ironically. But, uh, you know, it ju- and, and you know the way he was, Don. You know, he did the replica jerseys to give to all the kids that came to the show. I mean, you would never see that today at all. No, no, those days, those days are, those days are over. And, uh, yep. And Doug Hamilton is ready and uh, he's got to be one happy guy because, uh, (laughs) 
We can't talk too much about the world of golf. He's a golf professional, obviously, down in the Baltimore area and joins us every week. But uh, we got a little rain and snow, so we're not worrying too much about golf this weekend. But Monday well, night, you must have been in your you must have been in your glory. Yeah, for you know, it was it, it went in and out. You know what I mean? It was like hot flashes. You know, you you get one and it's, it's fleeting. Uh, At your age, I guess you so. Know, yeah, it's it's You're your it, it, you know right. the Ravens are hard to watch uh, for me right now. They're just they're, they they are hot and cold. Um, you know, I think uh, uh, I mean they 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 did some really good things. And uh, if I were if I were uh, Coach Harbaugh, I think I'd fire the defensive coordinator. I'd have fired him the next day. Um, I, I think that uh, their their defense is is very bad. Um, as nice as it is to to win and, and stay in the playoff chase and and um, you know win a divisional game, I think that it's. I, I don't necessarily think the Ravens, even if they do get in the playoffs, have a puncher's chance of of accomplishing anything. Um, I mean, unless right. they score thirty some thirty some points a game, uh, they 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 can't really stop anybody. Um, you know, they had multiple uh, opportunities to to stand up on defense. Um, you know, not not for the entire game, uh, but but for you know different drives, they they certainly could have done some different things. I mean, they they get they they don't get any pressure whatsoever on the quarterback. Um, even though their secondary is very talented, no one can cover for that long. Um, missed assignments, missed tackles, penalties. Um, it's it's t- it's difficult to watch. You know, it really is. Well, an example um, of what you example of what you're talking about was that last drive. What was it? Four plays. Uh, 75 yards and a touchdown. Of course, fortunately or unfortunately, uh, they left enough time on the clock. But uh, mm-hmm. holy smokes! I mean, they they went down the field. But uh, it was incredible what happened in the last two five minutes of that yeah. game. Well, it was uh, for the, for the sporting viewers of the world. It was a great football game to watch if you like football. Um, you know, obviously they both scored a lot of points, but to allow that football team to come down the field in 47 seconds, um, you know, virtually untouched uh, to some degree right. uh, was, was bad. But as you mentioned, they left uh, just enough time on the field and, you know, Justin Tucker uh, kicked a 55 yard field goal, which is, I mean, he is very good at what he does. Um, you know, in, in terms Excellent. of he's only plus. missed one, right. From that distance, he only missed one. He was he 18 and 19 or something like that. Yeah, I think statistically he's he may be the most accurate field goal kicker of all time. Um, that's and what they kept saying. That's a, well, that's a great weapon to have, um, you know, in, in those kind of crunch times where, I mean, heavens, I mean, seriously, that's a, a 55-yard field goal. I mean, really, that's that's amazing, you know, in those conditions uh, with that little thirty-three degree weather. That football had to feel like a rock, and uh, under that kind right. of pressure, I, I think. You know that's that's virtually amazing. Um, but Lamar obviously played a, a very good football game running. Uh, their their ground attack is is um, I mean it's you, you know they're going to run the football and, and they still do it effectively. Um, you know, but as we've talked about, if if they're playing from behind um, in, in a football game, it's very difficult for them to put up points and, and match uh, because they just don't do it very quickly unless there's you know, some sort of a, a broken play or, or something goofy happens. Um, you know, and this week I know I was listening to, I think it was Adam Schefter, and I know uh, Marquise Brown 
Miles Boykin and another one of the receivers, Crochet, all po- tested positive for COVID. So they're 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 getting back into this you know situation where they're 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 not going to be able to field enough players potentially to you know I, I don't know. I mean I know they're playing Jacksonville, but they they have to win out pretty much to get to the playoffs and. Um, you know, like I said, e- even at that, I mean, they're they're probably destined to to meet uh, either what Pittsburgh or um, I, you know whomever. That's I don't know. I just I just don't see them, um, you know, really making any noise in the playoffs. And and even if they did, they can't be Kansas City. They just can't do it. I mean, I, I don't know really who can, but they they certainly can't. Roger. Well, you know, that's a good point. Uh, you know, un- unless somebody can really uh, come up with a tremendous uh, game plan, tremendous performance, I don't see anybody mm-hmm. beating Kansas City, Doug. Mm-hmm. Well, in I think either the, the Dolphins. In either, in either uh, division. The, the Dolphins Conference. made a very nice effort last week, I think. Uh, they, they, at the beginning of the game, I know uh, Mahomes threw two interceptions. They, they certainly rattled him a little bit. Um, but, you know, over the course of 60 minutes, um, sooner or later he's going to get you. I mean, he's accuracy and, and arm talent and um, the weapons that he has uh, on offense. I mean, Travis Kelsey's the best tight end in football. Um, he's got no 1,200 yards receiving. Um, Tyreek Hill is – Gosh, I don't know whether you want to put him first or last on your track team, you know, and in terms of, uh, you know, the, the Olympic sprint, but he is the fastest man <laughs> in football. Um, they have other guys that are probably a not. Not only that, that, but he makes um, every catch. He not only, just, not only runs fast, but he makes every catch. Right. Well, and, and as good as Mahomes is in terms of arm strength, he, he can't possibly overthrow Tyreek Hill because he just goes and gets everything. Um, Hardman and uh, some of the other guys they have are almost as fast. It's it's hard to devote, you know, double coverage to different guys to leave other guys open because Travis Kelsey is a very difficult cover for uh, either a linebacker or or a smallest nickel corner. Um, you know, the run game with uh, Edwards Hilaire and, and even Le'Veon Bell is their offensive line is good. Uh, they protect, they give him time to throw, and he just picks you apart. And as you saw, the Ravens make an attempt at the blitz uh, on multiple occasions when they played him. It leaves somebody open, and he finds him. And, that you, you know, they just run down the field. And I suppose the knock on the Chiefs is probably the defense isn't as good as, as some of the elite football teams, but they just score so many daggone points, and they can do it in the blink of an eye that it doesn't matter. So, Tommy? So. That's, a, that's, a thing, that's a thing, Doug. I, it was old Browns versus new, old Browns versus new Browns, and and the New Browns almost had that victory up there and that so I it's well, funny if some of the guys earlier on the program <laughs> all of our news all of our news photos on Facebook today saw a guy doing something to Art Mo Art Modell's grave number one on his grave. <laughs> that was so comical <laughs> when I seen that. You know, Browns fan. But now I'll give you guys credit. I mean good team. Number eighty two for the Browns and I like number eighty two old eighty two for the Browns. You're the, you were caught several of those balls, but Doug, what about the mm-hmm. football game? My God, I thought it was I thought it was a five day special. That was terrible. Well, you know, I would say um, I was thinking about you, Tommy, when when that football game was on. I'm I'm sorry about your puppy pound, um, but uh, <laughs> you know the, uh, the the penalties. You know, initially, I think the the Ravens were 
well, they, 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 they called a penalty for roughing the passer, which I don't know whether he just tackled him too hard or, or the guy just I don't, even, I don't even think he tackled him. He didn't even tackle him. He just pushed him. I mean, that wasn't roughing the passer. And then uh, about two plays later, Jimmy Smith was called for uh, pass interference, which was which was another just ghost. And they just kept like they just kept late, you know what I mean? They kept throwing fifteen yard penalties, and I'm like, I, I feel bad because in the house here, I was. It's hard to watch the Ravens when they do that kind of stuff because I'm I'm standing up and I'm walking around and I'm doing different things, and I was just like, just let them score. Who cares? Just let them score. Just kick the football off, give them a touchdown, and let's move on because it was very clear that sooner or later they just kept throwing penalties, and I'm just like, just get off the field and, and move on. It's not, you know what I mean? And they settled down for the better part of the game, and then the Browns started to commit uh, quite a few penalties with – uh, false starts and and some different things. Um, there there was one right. penalty that was called. They called it an illegal shift, and I'm like, how can they call it an illegal shift when no one moved? <laughs> it was like, what what was that? So I, I don't know. It's it's very frustrating. I mean, I, I certainly um, can take the good with the bad when it comes to the Ravens, but they're by and large a very undisciplined football team when it comes to penalties and and coverages and, and things that they do. So, you know, it's, it's like watching backyard football. I mean, Lamar Jackson is incredibly talented, um, you know, and we've seen the last couple of weeks uh, he's been more apt to run the football and get out of the pocket and, and do some different things to make some plays, which I think you're, you're seeing obviously translate into more points. Um, which yeah, but he made three, he made three big throws right down the left side. I, I agree mm-hmm. with you. He won the game with his legs, no question about it. The first first down he got, and then, of course, the one he made for the touchdown. But he made three great passes out of four uh, down that left side line right by the, uh, right by the stripes, and, uh, uh, which he had not done. He, threw, he completed more passes in that one drive than he did in the first half. <laughs> well, a- after he came out of the locker room from getting fluids from having cramps, he threw that pass to Marquise Brown, which which I thought he could have just. I was hoping he would just run for the first down. Instead, he threw the touchdown, which was great. Then they let him score. They get the ball back. He hit uh, Willie Sneed on a pass, and he hit Mark Andrews twice as they moved the ball down the field to kick the field goal. Right. Which were all spot on. Great reads, great passes, and did was you know exactly what he was supposed to do, and gave you know Tucker obviously a chance to kick the field goal, and he did so. Um, you know, there's there's some hope there uh, in terms of his development as a quarterback. He's, you know, I was on the fence uh, for a while regarding his his fundamentals. Um, you know, he just I don't know whether it's a lack of arm strength or or just bad. I don't know what it is. Um, but but it's he doesn't throw the football very well. I mean, he can, but he doesn't do it repeatedly, um, and he he misses a lot of throws that he should make. Um, you know, and it, that's what forces him to run the ball so much, especially on the outside. He's very, he's really weak from the stripe out, and uh, yeah. on both sides, on both sides, anything down the middle, mm-hmm. he's a pretty good. He throws the ball pretty well, you know, inside the markers, but not outside. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. uh, but hey, he came out of the locker room. He had the cramps. He, he won the game. You got to mm-hmm. give him all the credit in the world. I mean, he. he yeah. I, I my only my only thought is, and I've said this from the very beginning. Uh, I'm not a great believer in scrambling. Quarterbacks are going to win you a Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I just don't. Well, I don't think it's. Good. You know, Mahone 
can run, but he throws the ball. I mean, he's a, he's a great passer, and then if he has to, he runs the ball, but not because he wants to. Well, the, the, the NFL is a passing league, and right. we've all talked about this over the years, where you have to have a quarterback um, or you can't win. It's that simple. But to your point, um, you know, I think the NFL is built prototypically on – you know, I hate to keep making the, the the you know the comparison, but Joe Flacco was a typical, prototypical NFL quarterback. Six foot five, right. two hundred and forty pounds, rocket arm, could make all the throws, and that's what teams look for. You look at you look at the draft that just happened with Justin Herbert. He's that guy. You know, um, everybody's searching for, and and you look at uh, this coming year's draft, and you, people are going to be salivating over. Trevor Lawrence and Fields and, you know, some of these guys that can. Yeah, but Lawrence is a big-time runner, too. Lawrence is a big-time well, runner. He he gets outside the pocket. He runs the ball. I mean, look look at what we're watching on TV week in and week out. We're, we're watching the Hall of Fame from five years from when they retired with, what, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, probably Matt mm-hmm. Ryan, et cetera. None of those guys are scrambling quarterbacks. They're all pocket passers. So I, I believe that pattern has, has proven itself over the years. So, But things are changing, Doug. Because, uh, they you, know, are. You, you look at uh, Patrick Mahomes, you, you look at uh, Kyler Murray, uh, and, yeah. and, of course, uh, your guy, Lamar. Uh, you know, and then the next thing is, uh, uh, you know, in Philly, uh, you know, you, uh, you, Jalen Hurts, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Tua. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, there's just so many guys that uh, the new uh, the new breed, and then uh, you're mm-hmm. going to have what Lawrence coming out the, the, uh, early this year out mm-hmm. of Clemson. He'll probably be the number one pick overall, I would think. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'll I say if I were Lawrence, if I were Lawrence and I was going to be the number one pick by the Jets, I might think about <laughs> going back to school for another year. Mm-hmm. I would, or CFL, well, or anything, in the Jets. <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, I, I'll tell you what: uh, the guy that's running the Jets now is with the Eagles, and right. and uh, you know did a good job. Uh, yeah, and then and I I think that uh, Joe Douglas, I think he will turn that around. Uh, and and uh, it may be mm-hmm. that you have the wrong coach there, uh, but uh, you know Lawrence, I, I think is probably what the the Jets really need. Uh, well, you're definitely you know, going to get a new coach. I mean, they're, they're letting this guy finish <laughs> the season, but uh, there's no way he's going to stay on as a coach. If, uh, he may not make it to the 16th game. I mean, <laughs> right? It, well, oh, it's what bad. They, what they it's call bad, it, uh, Don. There's no doubt about it. They call it Black Monday, I think. That's what, the day after the season? Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Well, well, thing, I mean, really, in, in all honesty, in the National Football League, there's not really much reason. Uh, you know, now, Atlanta's been a little successful, and uh, we'll see what happens as the season goes on. And uh, they brought the full in. As, we used to be the coach at Buccaneers, and now he's down in, in Atlanta. Uh, but you don't usually change You don't usually change a, co- a uh, coach in the middle of the season because – he doesn't have his own people. He doesn't have, you know, he can't do anything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's sort of silly to, to, to just to fire him now, you know, wait till the 16th game and then say goodbye. 
Well, and it, it makes sense. You want to you want to bring in a head football coach uh, who can bring in his own staff, as you mentioned. But also, if you have the number one overall pick, you want to be able to uh, go in the direction of of that coach and, and the scheme and, right. and the kind of people that he wants. And by and large, in most of those cases, if you're if you're getting the first overall draft pick, in all likelihood, you're, you're in need of a quarterback. Uh, which you know the Jets, I think, are still on the fence of of Sam Darnold. So I don't know whether they're going to you know, continue that exercise or they're going to go in a different direction. But, you know, you can look at likely the number two pick is going to be Jacksonville. Uh, their head coach, Marone, he, he probably fits the model of what we talked about. He should still be a, a head football coach in the NFL because he's had his chances and he hasn't done well. So they're, they, they definitely say he's coming back next year, Doug. They said he's, well, they, they say already that, announced they they say that he's now. coming back. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, they definitely need a quarterback. <laughs> No question about that. It's well, it's hard. It's hard to anticipate what's going up in the National Football League, but you don't get many chances. And we said this from the beginning. I think Roger will remember. And I said that you know when Atlanta lost the game the way they lost it, you don't make that up. I know you don't make up a game. You win a few games you're not supposed to win, and you may mm-hmm. lose a few games that you're. But you don't have a game won and lose it. And they did that twice. And you don't mm-hmm. make that up. You know, for mm-hmm. your chance of going to the playoffs in that situation are almost impossible. Mm-hmm. Don, they, they had Sunday's game one. And, and Matt's uh, interception is, is uh, what turned it around. And then uh, the Chargers were able to kick the field goal at the end of the game to win the game. Right, mm-hmm. right. That's what I mean. You can't, you can't, make, you can't make this stuff up. I mean... Impossible. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's terrible. Well, what are you what are you supposed to do about you know these bad kicks, bad plays, bad officiating in the NFL this year? Sure I'm glad it's mm-hmm. back in that but these officials if you touch a quarterback it's a flag <laughs> and for pass interference, both going for the football guys and it, the defense when this touches the offensive receiver flag, uh, it, that mm-hmm. this is terrible again. I mean more focused on is on the referees, like in like in hockey, the same thing. Referees focused on that, but hopefully, hopefully, the, hopefully it'll be a good week of football, and hopefully be a good officiating in football, not this ass smash thing up there. But guys, did you did you happen to watch the Army Navy game? I did not. I, no. I did not. I wanted no. to watch that, but I didn't. I was watching the what was the game? Was I watching that? I, I, I they, they played at Mikey Stadium. And uh, I watched it. I watched the march in, but I didn't actually watch the game. The game was like I, you could have watched uh, grass grow, paint dry, <laughs> than that football game. That was the worst college football game I ever seen in my life. Well, I don't know about that now. <laughs> I see a lot of bad games. Let me tell you, Tommy, you don't look at that as a uh, football game like you, we would look at in the pros right. and in most colleges. Okay. Right, and right. and it's 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 a special event. I've been to a dozen of them from when I was a little kid because my dad mm-hmm. was an army colonel, and uh, oh. and then I was in the navy. But I have to tell you, I uh, was uh, was busy, but and uh, I only saw the end, and that's when I saw army singing the alma mater, and I knew army won. And oh, but right. the the the, the uh, commentators, Brad. Uh, 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 and I, you know, I, I know his last name. He's one of the best announcers. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he hit the nail on the head. 
this is a special game, okay? Right. Because all of those young men and women will be serving this country this time next year and for years to come, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, forget these pros. Forget these flamboyant guys. These are patriots that are playing that game. Yeah. Right. It stands aside from everything else. I agree, Roger. You, you really have to separate uh, because they're not looking at the pro school. They're not looking at going to the National Football League. They're not looking to, uh, you know, they're looking to represent the country. They rep- represent their school, represent themselves and their class. That's what they're looking forward to. They're not, they're not, uh, it's a different, entirely different world than everybody else. But let me throw one other question out, that, especially to Doug, uh, that amazed me. Uh, and the announcers talked about it uh, too. I thought too late. I can't imagine warming up on that field the other night and slipping and sliding around the way they did, and never mm-hmm. changed the cleats. They didn't bring the right. cleats out until until the last thirty sec thirty seconds of the first half. Now, mm-hmm. when you're out there warming up and you see that, and they said, "Well, the grass is short. The grass is wet." Well, I know all that stuff. But, I mean, when you go out there and you're warming up and you know you're not getting the footing, you know, I'm not saying you got to change the sneakers like the Giants did years ago in a championship right. game, but you got to change your shoes. you got to be able to play. Mm. And they didn't For do sure. that. I, can't, I, I don't know how, how they could do that. Well, you know, uh, Roger, to your point of the Army-Navy game, there, there's, there's a bunch of Rudy Rudigers out there on that field uh, when they play that football game. You know, they're – they're all hard, um, and and they they play the game uh, for the love of it. You know, they're obviously uh, if if most of those players were, were talented enough to, to go to other programs, likely they would have. But their their ideals were to get an education and serve their country and and right. get paid for at the same time. Um, but right. if you've ever watched the movie Rudy, and, and you see that guy go out there and, and grind it out day in and day out for no apparent reason other than the fact that he loves the football game and is blessed to be there. Uh, you know, I think we could probably use that as a model for a lot of the things that we do in life. Um, and so, they better, they better not, they better not use his, they better not use his life after that, though. <laughs> use, use Rudy, Rudy at his time at Notre Dame, not afterwards. Sure, that's for sure. Um, yeah, but I mean, you know, listen, uh, as far as far as the whole spike thing, yeah, I mean, I think that we've all, if you've played sports, you've had an opportunity to. Uh, you know, go through your warm-ups and, and do some different things uh, on the field before the actual live action starts. So you should make your adjustments uh, prior prior to that. And, you know, certainly that right. could have made a difference. Uh, well, the, 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 the backup quarterback, uh, McSorley, for the Ravens certainly got hurt because I don't think he had changed his spikes because I don't think he thought he was going to play anyway. But he, he's the one that slipped and, and hurt his knee. They wound up putting him on the IR, and right now the Ravens. What was the Lamar What Jackson. was the severity of that? I never I never mm-hmm. read how uh, did, did he have an ACL or is he okay? I don't, it's not been disclosed. It's not for next next year, Doug. We're up against the clock, guys, and Doug from and everybody have a very merry Christmas. We'll talk to you guys after the first year. Is that right, Frank? Yes, sir. Yeah. We're off until the after the first of the year. First of the year, so. Well, all right, fellas. Have a a great Christmas. Have a great New Year. Stay healthy, fellas. That's the most important thing. And we'll talk next year. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Uh, 
Yeah, happy, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah to everyone. God bless. And, Tommy, all I can say is I believe that uh, uh, one of your uh, predecessors at Springfield High School was a great Army uh, 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 wideout, Bill Carpenter. Didn't he go to Springfield High School? Yeah, I think he did, Roger. I think he did. I think he did. So, will you take care? Be safe. We'll talk to you after the first of the year, after the holidays. Thank you. Take care, Roger. Well, Frank. You too, well, Frank, Frank, and your family. Well, I'd like to, to, like to thank Vince Papali, Larry Bowe for coming on, and our legends, of course, Mr. Don Henderson, Mr. Roger Hendler, Mr. Roy Cummings. The most important person on this ship is Mr. Frank Carroll spinning the dials to keep us alive. Frank, to my family, to your family, very, very Merry Christmas and a joyous New Year and and. Let's when we come back in January, hopefully hockey will be getting started. Let's hope so, Frank. God bless you. Sounds good, Tony. Merry Christmas and happy new year to you. Ladies Thank and gentlemen, you. these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces and the men and women of police and fire services. When you're out there and you see somebody in uniform, please uh, let them know you know that they are these are very tough times for guys and girls in uniform. <clears throat> these Programs dedicated to those who have lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcap, Sergeant Thomas Bainger, Patrolman Jeffrey Yaswitz, Patrolman Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Hendler, Lieutenant Mike Zerba, Newcastle County Police, Patrolman Anafa Crispin, <coughs> Lakeland PD, Chief Al Hogle, Longwood Key Police Department, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department, Highway Patrolman Alonzo. <clears throat> Alonzo Moses, Philadelphia Police Department. Highway Patrolman Brian Lazaro, Philadelphia Highway Patrol. Highway Patrolman Brian Murphy, Plymouth Township Highway, PA Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Bob Neary, Philadelphia Fire Department. Sergeant Mike Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Mike Godwin, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department. Deputy Jonathan Scott Pine, Orange County Sheriff's Department. Patrolman Robert Germain, Windermere, Florida Police Department. Patrolman Charlie Condit, uh, Tarpon Springs Police Department, Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol, uh, Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department, Hillsborough County, uh, Deputy Sheriff Charlie Cutlow, Sergeant uh, James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department, Delaware State Trooper Sergeant Rodney Bond, Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Artis Hope, Fire Department, Deputy Special Inspector Vinny Galaggio, Delaware State Trooper Corporal Stephen Ballard, Patrol Officer uh, Matt Baxter, Kissimmee Police Department, Patrol Sergeant Sam Howard, Kissimmee Police Department, Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department, Deputy Bill Gentry, Highland County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Clay Zerba, Clay County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Natalie Corona, L.A. County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Abel Rodriguez, Pasco County, Deputy Sheriff. Officer Bob McKetchen, Biloxi, Kentucky Police Department, and Trooper Joe Bullock of the Florida Highway Patrol. My brothers and sisters, although you may be 10-7 at this point in time, at some time will be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the roads rise out to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields and the sunshine lightly in your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord be you keep you and your families always in the hallow of his hand. Good night. God bless. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to all.